0: Welcome to the Theatre of Others podcast. My name is Adam Marple and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and re-evaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. We believe space is psychology and it informs the way in which an audience interacts and reacts to what is presented to them. We create uniquely theatrical events in bespoke sensory performance spaces, crafted to encourage curiosity and grant the audience permission to commune with the play. Now that that space has moved online, how can we encourage interaction and action amongst an audience virtually? The Theatre Brothers produces plays that both welcome and challenge the audience. We are committed to international collaboration and are a laboratory that helps artists grow through intensive study of their craft. The Theatre Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along. To ponder, prod, and question. To join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task, and it requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? On the podcast today, from Melbourne, Australia, are co-artistic directors Woody Miller and myself in Cairo, Egypt. This podcast contains explicit language. Hi, Adam. Hi, Booty. How you going? I'm all right, my friend. How are you?
1: I'm sleepy. You <laughs> <She's not>
0: are sleepy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back yeah. to bed. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> give, give, give me about I mean, an hour and my, you can do that. My
1: beauty doesn't activate <laughs> until at least 9 p.m. <laughs> 9 p.m.? Uh, it is 9 p.m. You have a, you have a long way to go
0: before you get beautiful then.
1: Well, yeah, it, 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 beauty is not natural. It takes time, baby. And the way that it works is you flutter your eyes open, you snuggle some more with your puppy, Mm-hmm. they move around and roll on their back oh, Okay, and then you rub their tummy as you slowly begin to flutter your eyes open. Then you get up, take care of whatever business that, is, that nature's calling. Then you get your puppy and uh-huh. you take them out for a walk. While you take them out for a walk, okay. you listen to your podcast from the week previous. Then... You hopefully uh-huh. get yeah. two to three poops out of your pup. But the thing is, the problem is, Adam, the problem is you have to get used to the yes. improvisation of puppy life. Yes. Puppies yes, that's true. improvise. Play with that. Have fun with that. And yeah. th- mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh, Very spontaneous. You know yes. what I forgot to tell you? That I feel like, I feel like, if you understand that, you know, what. what is your body doing in that moment,
0: Adam? When you're going through Puppy Madness,
1: <laughs> what is your body doing in that moment?
0: Um, in the moment of my, when I'm going through Puppy Madness? Oh, it's, 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 sometimes it's screaming. Sometimes it's, it's laughing. It's, it's, it's going through all the plethora of, of emotions and ideas and, and attitudes well yeah
1: and 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 how are you noticing that everything is movement
0: it's true in the madness uh i'm not i'm not necessarily thinking about it but everything is movement it's true yeah <laughs> i think i just segued come on bring it I bring think it I around just segued. There. <laughs> yeah there's the segue there you go yeah very nice yeah, yeah, yeah. You set it up. It was, it was a little oh, torture oh, metaphor, but but the why but the why is, is the torture it's Correct, actually yes. a fact?
1: Everything you <laughs> everything you confirmed is a fact, and it's something that we both believe strongly in. And we're so lucky to have a wonderful guest today to help us push our narrative. <laughs> Adam, who who do we have on the podcast
0: today? There you go. Yes, it. Yes, that's the segue. <laughs> We are lucky to have on the podcast with us today uh, Tom Bentley Fisher. Tom has been the artistic director of five professional theaters. He's directed over 100 productions at theaters across Canada, Spain, and the U.S., and has taught his approach to movement and acting in universities, theater schools, and studios throughout North America and Europe for over 30 years. Began his career as an actor training in London with Yat Mulgram and then performed in London's West End before turning his hand to teaching and directing. Since 2007, Tom has been the artistic director of Tant Pertant Theatre in Translation, an international multilingual theatre company producing and exchanging work between Canada and Spain. He is currently the artistic director of the International Yat Bentley Center for, for, for Performance. Tom's approach is based on the work of Yat Mulgram, the psychology of movement. Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for dealing with our craziness this morning. <laughs> Adam, I love welcome, the craziness. Welcome, the craziness
2: is universal for sure.
0: Good, good.
2: Hi, Booty. Thanks. Thanks for having me here.
1: Hi, Tom. It's so good to have you. I'm sorry you can't see me. everyone we're having oh, we're talking about donkeys. the most amazing. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about doggies. and My my video is off now. We're just trying to make everything work here because I'm in the country trying to zoom in, and I don't know why it's not working. But Tom, we're so happy to have you here. We're so happy to have you here. Um, and w- what what happens oh, for so us when we have our guests, our esteemed guests, is I like to ask a question to, to get the get the ball rolling. Are you up for that? I'm up for that.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. So this is my question. What is an actor? Who is an actor?
2: Well, what is an actor? An actor is a conduit. Who is an actor? I mean, we are all actors, but true actors. Are artists, people who are willing to be seen, who allow themselves without ego to unfold, who have the need to change the world, really, and make a contribution? who are servants, real actors, actors are these people with this extraordinary imagination who can bring something that other people maybe can't, you know, politicians, uh, you know, scientists, whoever, right? But I'm not making them special. But actors are people with the imagination and the ability to perceive the world differently, And I think we're at that point, particularly now in the year 2022, when we need to perceive the world differently. I think true actors can develop and open things in themselves which allow them to view the world through portals that they're not used to. And I think that's the only way that we're going to really be able to understand the world. I mean, the actors can be revolutionists. The actor is a person who is utterly alive awake, has that thrilling resonance inside him or herself, which reveals not just the known, but the unknown. An actor is a person who creates something that is magic, that we, you know, we're in the stage, we see the shadows, we experience the shadows, we experience something that allows them to reveal the negotiation between their inner and their outer life. So the actor... What is the actor? Who is the actor? We are the actors. Uh, it's a great privilege to be an actor. And I think that the actor is someone who is incredibly healthy. I'm talking about the actors now. I mean, I mean, I think really it used to be that actors with neurosis or, you know, <laughs> Therapy mm. needed the therapy where actors, I think right now, the real actors mm. are the people who are the healthiest in our society. Healthy spiritually, healthy emotionally, healthy intellectually, healthily, mm-hmm. healthy, healthy, healthy. So I think that basically that is my answer to your question.
1: Uh, Tom, a, that is a beautiful, beautiful answer. answer. <laughs> yeah. And I I... I I, I, can we open up this oh, the, thank the, you. this this um, conversation about the actor of yesterday and the actor of today? This healthy actor, can you talk more about this?
0: Hmm.
2: Well, I think that you know, um, we we're going through a revolution, and I'm hoping that this isolation is happening has, has helped take us through it. I mean, I think that, that we have gone in the, you know, we'll be tremendous, tremendous actors in, 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 in America that were coming through with, and being able to, to dig into great truth. And that is great. It was their truth. But we ha- and, and uh, we had great actors in, 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 in Britain. I mean, this is a cliche who do beautiful, extraordinary technical things, right? But maybe didn't have that deep truth. I think we're coming to a place where this has to meld and must meld. I think that transformation is incredibly important. And in order to transform, we have to stop judgment. We have to coming, we have to stop just simply bringing our own points of view to the world. I think that we are now at the stages as that 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 we our imagination and our curiosity is what is going to carry us. And to have the imagination and curiosity and see the world as it might be or it could be or what it is, it's really important that we let go of ego. Now I know that's a cliche. All these acting teachers say let go of ego. I think what we're doing now is we're trying, I hope. That where we are now is we're going below personality, below what we find works so well for us and finding the essence of something that is deeper. And I think really that we are entering a phase where we're back to associating acting with a, and for want of a better word, this means so much to so many people, but where we bring our spiritual life and our spiritual togetherness into the work, where we and that way we can transform, that way we can absorb. And sometimes it's painful to absorb what the world is, but that's what we are, you know. Um, I agree we are more than a mirror to society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think with Brexit, as we are a hammer to shape society. I think we've gone beyond that as well. I think that there is a great introversion that is powerful. And we've often associated the theater and film with extroversion, with showing, right? With, you know, enclosing and enveloping. Whereas I really think that where we are now as actors, as artists, is we are unfolding. And we're willing, hopefully, to discover those things inside of ourselves that we didn't even know we had. I mean, what is what is the collective subconscious? What are those drives? What are those that wonderful chaos inside of us that can be triggered and can be summoned into performance? And I think through that, we begin to speak a common language, a language that is below borders, below genocide, below flags, below patriotism, And I think it's essential that we go there. And we need to, I think, bring something that is as rich as possible from our subconscious and find out how that feeds our consciousness.
1: Woo! We are in church today, Adam. Amen, Brother Tom. Amen. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, no,
0: I I was just processing. Well, I never know what's going to
2: come out of my mouth. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth,
0: you know, but that's
2: that's the thing. Isn't it great? I mean, not to know is so essential. It is so fucking essential. You know, all these people who know, you know, we go to the theater, right? Uh, (laughs) And I don't go to the theater anymore, that much anymore. I used to, I used to represent the Canada council and have to go and look at things and say, do they get grants or not? And so many times I wanted to leave, you know, and I've loved it when people have left my productions. I've had people Mm. get up in my production and say, this is, unacceptable and walk out it's thrilling right because mm. we go the lights are dimmed right we all sit in our seats well we're not doing that at the moment let's hope we don't go back to this we're all very polite and you know someone comes up and just says well this is going to be a play about we love we love puppies
0: okay let's mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. a play about we
2: love puppies right mm-hmm. so we all get up there we all know that we love puppies so we do a play that we love puppies and we end up coming to the other end of the play thinking oh was that wonderful other people love puppies too. Mm-hmm. I'm dying for somebody to come and say, I hate puppies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not telling us. I think that, I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm going off on a rant here, but I think that go, really, brother, go up. if I were to, and I want to start, I want, <laughs> I want to start directing again. Now that I've been teaching for this amazing work, I want to work with people who... Mm-hmm. Have that vocabulary, but I would yeah. love to run a theater where you know there's kind of a ritual where where the actors and director, everyone comes out of the out of the stage or wherever it is on the piece of cardboard on the street and says, "Hey, guess what? We know nothing," and then for the audience to to, to rant back and say, "Hey, guess what? We know nothing too, right? Yeah. So we know nothing." Yeah, and that gives us the opportunity to discover. That gives us the opportunity to commune and to go through that process of success and failure and that discovery and that root of that can is, that is so beautiful when we try to get to the other side, that we all are part of it together. But if we go out and we know what the play is about, what the audience is about, how we're supposed to behave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we're demeaning, the adventure for the audience and also demeaning the adventure for the actor.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, I don't think I, don't, I, don't think ask I answered you, your question at all. No, you did. No, 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 no. You did Tom, Tom, you did. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you what your definition of ego is, but you clearly have told us what the definition of ego is. The little know-it-alls we need to We need to enter into the space without knowing anything. We're all just improvising. I love that.
0: I love that.
1: Adam, what were you gonna say?
0: Great. Yeah. I was I was gonna say it brought up this I I found this quote this week from Sarah Kane uh that I was mm. just thinking about when when you were talking about this. Uh she said I frequently walk out of theater early without fear of missing anything, but however bad <laughs> I felt, I've never left a football match early because you never know when a miracle might occur. <laughs> True. That's a Can you quote. please put that yeah. quote? And on I want uh, I, uh, I, I want theater. I want theater to be like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put the, 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 it. Be in the show notes for everybody to see. But like, yeah, of course. Like, I've never left. I've never left a game early. Even, I mean, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and the Atlanta Falcons are like the worst football team, but I will always be there to the very end because they may get those last 72 points. You know, it may just happen. I ran a theater for a while in a very small
2: place called Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is where Joni Mitchell comes from. And... uh, you know, there, I'm, yeah, for, for a while. And there, there was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right? I mean, oh. oh my God, I, I had to go and watch. And I'm still rooting way here in California for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And you I say to actors, right? Okay. So you're having a cup of tea, you know, or you're, you're thinking. And I say, you know, your thought process can be as exciting as a car race. It has to hey, be as man, exciting
1: brother. as a car race.
2: All the movement inside of you is, is, is that? Sure. Absolutely. And please audience, just walk out. That will make a difference. Yeah. You know, we can, I mean, you know, and, and direct and actors who just simply do what a director says, you know, don't, you know, don't. Mm. It is yeah. a thrilling experience and it is also a privilege and we need to step up. We need to step up to the plate. And I'm so glad, in an odd way, we've had this break. And I mean, I'm in California where the theater here is still incredibly Eurocentric. I mean, it's, it's so old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. I can't kind of believe it. Um, mm-hmm. The world is different, you know. I was very lucky because in the nineteen nineteen something or other 95 or something, I got this Canada Council grant and I was allowed, I was sent. I said, okay, you can leave your theater. We're going to give you the money to pay for an artistic director and away you go for a year. Just go, just go, go to Europe, go to Asia, come back and change theater. Right. So I was able at that point and, you know, I was shocked. I was shocked, you know, and then there were radio programs saying, oh my God, how could you give this man money when we could have hospital beds, you know, for this, (laughs) but they did the right thing. I may have come back and lost half my audience, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, you know, but, but we, we are so insular and, um, what I, what I hope and what I love about what, what you appear to be doing is you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you, you are reaching out. You, I don't know what I'm doing. We're reaching yeah. out. We're finding something new. You know, how many times, and I was I a huge ego as an artistic director. You go to these conferences. you know, how many times did we just simply say, we go to these meetings and things just so that we can prove that, hey, we're pretty damn good, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's such a relief to have moved a little way away from that. At least I hope I have.
1: I can listen to you like vamp all day long because you are – It's preaching the knowledge that I have been screaming on this podcast all year and a half long. It's like, thank you. You are such a wonderful breath of fresh air at 6.45 in the morning. Exactly what I needed. I'm feeling beautiful again. You make me feel beautiful, Tom. You're making me shine. Oh, that's, that's what you needed.
2: I saw you for a while you are beautiful you are beautiful
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so tom I, let's talk about i want to talk about your i want to talk about your i want to talk about just kind of your your parentage and and your work like the, can you tell us more about like yat and mulgram and 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 what happened in asia and what are you doing now and how are you doing it in a sense of like, what are your principles of, of actors training? Because I want to hear about the, your kind of hybridization of, of influence and inspiration.
2: Okay. Sure. I mean, I've always been, I've been very fortunate because since I was 15, I think I've always been an outsider, but I've never not worked as an artist. And I think a lot of that is because, um, you know, I was brought up by my, I was brought up by my blind grandfather because my father died before I was born and my mother was kind of freaked out. So for about eight years, didn't have to go to school and stuff like that. I was just kind of this like wolf boy, right? This wolf boy and no books, anything. So I had this need and this imagination because I was thought I was an alien, you know, it sounds extreme, but it's absolutely true. That's who I was. And when I was 15 in another family or my mother came back and, you know, I was not a I was in trouble and and all that kind of stuff. I ended up going to a performing arts high school, right? But that happens and away I went. Mm. And I was, I, I don't know why. I don't think I was a terribly good actor, but I was acting everywhere. I was like acting in Toronto. I was acting across Canada a scholarship and went to neighborhood playhouse, um, worked with Sanford Meisner. The, there was always something not right? There was always something that. Oh, we felt- gotta talk
1: about that. that. that, that we're, 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 we're gonna bullet point that. Continuous? We're gonna talk about continue- that.
2: Yeah, we are do something. It was There was always something. Uh, okay, all right. In terms of something not right, something not right, right? And I don't know. What, and, and you know, we have things like sometimes, don't you ever have a book fall on your head and you wonder why that book fell on your head? And, oh my God, you picked it up. You know exactly why that book fell on your head, right? And so, was, uh, you know, I was. I was uh, acting with uh, with a woman and uh, she showed me the Yat book, right? And she happened to be the person who uh, uh, walked in and quit central school where La- Yat was. And if they, all these people went away, including the teachers, and they founded the drama center. And I went. I thought, i got to meet this Yat person. And I was very shy. I went to Europe. I was about 21. And... Uh, I, had, I don't know what it was. Is I saw this book and it had arrows and crosses and figure eights. And to me, it made complete sense. It wasn't intellectual. I just had to go there. And he said he didn't take students anymore. And um, he made it very difficult. The moment that I met him, um, he simply wouldn't let me go. I worked with him every day. I would go to his office and do scenarios, which is what I can talk about the work in a moment. I would spend the afternoon in his classes. And in the evening, he would send me to meet people or stand and look at statues or whatever to learn this particular work. And so I learned it. Um I went out. I taught it for a while and then I left it and I became an artistic director of all these different theatres, not actually being able to teach the work or anything, but use the work. And it's only been about five years ago, six years ago that I've stopped and said, I want to teach it and how it's evolved to so what the work is. You know, what is the work? I mean, yeah, I think Yat Momgren is one of the greatest secrets. Um, he was a dancer. He, the work is based on um, the... The philosophy of Carl Jung uh, and Laban but Yad has taken it, it is a, he was a movement teacher and actors just gravitated towards him and he started teaching people like Sean Connery and uh, Francis de la Tour and Anthony Hopkins and all of these people give him absolute credit for the fact that he helps them create something that is real in character mm. so I love it. I don't know. No, I just love it. I love the fact that the work, the only thing that I've ever been interested in really as a writer, as an actor, as a director, a teacher is the relationship between the inner and the outer life. Mm. And this work really creates that negotiation in a human being. It sort of says, okay, we do things well. We're all wonderful. We have personalities. We play these notes, but Because we have to, we're born. We figure out how what works for us, right? But there's all of these wonderful notes that we don't play. How do we find them? And what this work is, it's very muscular, but it's an internal muscle. And we, what I do is, we, you know, we, 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 we. Find the knots inside of us that abound us, and we open them, we open them, and we celebrate that, and we learn what it's like to experience the world, for instance, through a sensing portal, or through the intellectual portal, or through the emotional portal, and how that is moving within us. And one of the things that I've always say is that everything is movement. Everything is movement. Memory is movement, thought is movement, emotion is movement, everything is movement. And guess what? You can't hide it. We spend our lives trying to hide it, but you can't hide it. It's in the shadow move. It's there, right? It's there. The inner life will always reveal itself. And so as an actor, if your inner life without putting it on, right, without putting it on, but comes through you and reveals itself, and what I call the accident, it's very beautiful. So I've taken this work, loved this work, um, and it really is... You know, what, what it is is you, you, you create a whole series of scenarios based on the sensing life, the, you know, what happens if the sensing life and the intellectual life comes together, creates a kind of a stability. Or if the intuitive life and the emotional life comes together, it creates something called a mobility. And we work on this for a long time until finally we've opened these things in ourselves that actually on the outer, we are transformed, almost unrecognizable, and yet it's still dead honest. Now that sounds so sort of magical, doesn't it? Really, all it is, is common sense. It's common sense that, that as artists, you know, we need to discover the unknown in ourselves in order to be truthful to the idea, to the character, to the audience, to the other person. And that there is always a fluidity in this. I only discovered a few years ago that I don't believe this. Or, there's, there, there are no straight lines in acting. There just cannot be straight lines in acting. That's bad acting. You know, Adam and I, let's do a let's do a repetition exercise. Boom, 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 boom. But it has to go through us, right? Get your cue, get your cue. No, that's going to create bad acting. Our communication, even right now, as I'm on this end of this microphone and i can see Adam, I mean, I can tell already that our communication is like a figure eight, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know Adam, but I can sense his inner life and he doesn't know me. But so we have that. And I think that's what this work is about, is there is always an inner life and there is always an outer life. And it allows us to create character without judging character. Um, and it allows all these different reservoirs within ourselves to meld with other reservoirs, right? And to, and to create something in us that comes to the surface and reveals itself. Not as only the way Tom would be able to reveal it because of who I am with all my issues and problems and loves but that other part of me. So I don't like the expression, we build a character or we create a character. The character creates us. That's what happens in this particular work. So where am I with this? You know, it's like I spent a long time... (laughs) running away from it. I would, you know, you'd hire people from Toronto, New York, wherever it is, right? And you'd have three and a half weeks rehearsal or two and a half weeks sometimes and you put on a season <laughs> and you have to go make money and, you know, you'd sort of, you know, and after all, you know, I, I, you know, and I was okay at it. I was okay at it, right? But after one, I thought I'm just becoming a professional deformation, right? I'm a, becoming a caricature of myself. What the fuck? Right? The fuck, Right? So I've always been able to either run away, which has been bad, or at least burn bridges. That's how I've spent my life, unfortunately. I burned the bridges. <laughs> so I cannot go back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I cannot go back. And it's not that I didn't love the work. You know, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Canada working with the indigenous community. Community, The pain of, of the writers, almost all the writers I worked with for two years were um, survivors of the residential schools, right? And I am mm-hmm. Métis, which is, I'm Métis, which is, I, I, my, my mother was a Dene. And being able to do that or working with, 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 with the Dukerbors or working with, you know, extraordinary groups of people, which has been beautiful. But it's been very hard in many ways not to take on that pain sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going off track, I think, a little bit here, but I came to the point where I really, really wanted to. <laughs> so running a tra- traditional regional theaters, that was fine. That was great. And particularly running a theater that did, uh, that developed original canadian and work oh even some american work i directed the very first play by paula vogel for instance i'm that old right way way back when (laughs) right uh i'm not really that old (laughs) people say to me are you retiring and i said no i've just gotten out of bed for fuck's sake right you know i am (laughs) i'm vital and alive but um then i thought okay well really what is most interesting what is my what is my mandate and I think my mandate as an artist is seeking a common language. What mm. is that language? And that language, I think, is even below words. And certainly that language is below pride and culture. It's below our patriotism and our flags. And that's what I had concentrated on and which has led me to reteaching teaching the Yat work. So... I had a lovely time with Tam Patant of of, of discovering uh, plays from Spain, specifically from the Catalan region in Spain, which is really vital. And bringing those plays uh, to Canada, all the way across Canada, then taking Canadian playwrights and working with the translator, wonderful translator, Elizabeth Raffles, right? Beautiful, right? Beautiful partner. Hmm. Um, And taking them there so that we are able to kind of experience each other's worlds. I was the Canadian Canadian Catalan Connection. And that was really exciting for me. And then I was also, um, I don't know, I I was able to direct plays for the Grec Festival. And I went there about uh, 11 years ago just to do a workshop. And it happened to be a time when the actors and actresses were really fed up with Catalan theatre, right? And so they came to this strange guy's workshop, right? And so I was working with some of the best, wonderful, uh, Cadillac actresses, right? And then I didn't even know I was at a party and my my, uh, a translator said, what are you doing? You know what you're doing, don't you? And I said, I have no idea. And he said, well, you know, you're, you're agreeing and negotiating a contract about coming back to direct an all-female version of the Iliad. Right. And I thought, oh, okay. (laughs) So I came back and I directed an all-female version of the Iliad. Right. That's what I'm doing, right? And it was great. I was able to transport all this great salt and everyone came out of the salt. And so I was able to take, and this is what I loved, what is below language. I was able to take one of the most violent stories ever written, right, Mm. by a man. And look at that from the point of view of women. And it toured, you know, Spain and was able to do it in a – at Merida uh, in, in in Spain, a heritage site, you know, ah, it was wonderful. And then I thought, okay, well, what next? So I then took a play by a Métis writer in um, Canada called Burning Vision, which was about uh, the discovery of uranium and how uranium was actually, dis- it was, you know, it was discovered, there was a prophecy a hundred years ago about this uranium that was discovered in Northern Canada would end up bombing and it was, of you know, Japan and everything, right? So so there were characters a big, you know, about all the bombs. But anyway, I took this play and I thought, okay, I want to do something, you know? So I took it, I had Japanese actors, uh, Catalan, uh, English, and Dene from Canada, right? And, to be able to do a play, and also it had film all the way through it, and live music. So there were all these different languages without subtitles, right? No subtitles. I mean, the audience maybe didn't know what was going on, but they had, they went into it. So we all ended up in an experience. It's called Burning Vision, where. No, we maybe didn't understand the language and someone in Catal- speaking in Catalan to somebody in Japanese to somebody in Dene, but we felt that commonality. Right. We right. felt that there was a communion. And I was heavily criticized for it because it didn't tell people what was going on, but we felt what was going on, you know? Yeah. I remember the opening night where it closed, and I, I think I made a lot of mistakes with it. It closed and said, you know, oh my God, God, oh my God, no one clapped. Right? Then I just hear people crying. <laughs> it's much
0: better than clapping. Yeah. I'll take that responsibility. So I week. think
2: I've gone on. Yeah, really. So, so, I mean, I've made lots of mistakes. I've had a huge ego. I've got a reputation for chewing up general managers and spitting them out. Right. But not anymore. Not anymore. You go, you go, you go. And I'm not perfect. That's for darn sure. But Right now, I'm working with a group of people. I couldn't be working with more generous and wonderful people. I don't know why I'm such a lucky man at this particular stage. I have Mm. five teachers who are teaching this work to students all over the world who have all come from a tradition and a sense of generosity. And I am gaining and learning so much from these people and so much from these students. You know, sometimes things just fall into place and you wonder, how is this happening? Mm that's what it is. It's kind of like every time. And right now, we're right now teaching on Zoom. You know, how do we do it? You know, we found a way. I found that through Zoom, no, you can't, you know, we're not in the, we're not in the studio or on the street or we're going to be up a tree and hopefully it's all going to be different standing on our heads. But, you know, you can on Zoom still find a tremendous intimacy. Mm. And what I've been developing hopefully with my teachers on Zoom, is the willingness to be seen and the willingness to go very deep mm. and take that chance in terms of letting a character create you and letting, and finding that negotiation between yourself and that character in a very profound place. No, I can't do a play yet, right? But yeah. we certainly have been able to do that and that's been thrilling.
0: I'm fascinated by this uh, and, and maybe Booty can that's yeah. wonderful that's exactly what Adam and I were dealing with really? as well yeah I'm, I'm fascinated by this and, and Booty can maybe even speak more to this because he has been I mean I'm not an acting teacher uh, and so I'm not having to deal with actors in this space I'm, I'm a director and teaching directors to, to use this medium for this but I've not had to I've not had to teach viewpoints here but I know there are people who are doing movement right. trainings. I know dance teachers for the last two years have been on this medium. So I'm fascinated to hear how you are, how you are adapting the methodology, how you are how you're adapting the work to to work on this. Because you're saying you're even finding it better in some way—not better, but that's it's a qualifying word—but that you're saying that you can go deeper with the work, that you can, um, you can become more intimate this way. I'd love to hear more about how the medium is changing the work and how the work is changing the medium for you? Well,
2: I never expect to be right all the time, that's for sure. (laughs) But one of the things that I I, I very strongly believe in is that, um, and Yat said this, is that we really discover through yielding you know, in the work, we talk about yielding and contending elements, lightweight and strong weight, flexible space and direct space, free flow, emotion and bound, quick, you know, but surrendering, surrendering to, to something, right? Whatever it is, whatever it happens to be there that day, even just surrendering. Mm. And because we're not on Zoom in the pressure of, of, of contending, of, uh, you know, of, of, of action on Zoom, we can be, in the energy of release. And I think that it's taking people to the enormous power that exists in their introverted selves. And I think that that is the way that you learn this work. And then, sure, you can be jumping from rooftop to rooftop, <laughs> but it, it still comes from that introverted self that that you keep falling back into. And so that in many ways is the philosophy, is do we dare? And I said it was to the students, do we dare come from that, you know, from that place? And it's interesting, I was, I was talking to students yesterday, I said, okay, okay, you're all students, I'm tired of that, you're not students, you're artists, right now you're artists, you are always artists. And everything that you do, every breath that you take, every thought, every movement, Yeah. Does make a difference. You don't Mm. wait till you're in a profession. Though people who wait till they're in their profession, oh sure, they get into the profession, right? And the profession is usually so bound and so boxed in, right? That it, that it, Mm. that it, that it destroys that. Mm. So the internal life is what we, we we go for, so what, you know, what, what, what do people do? I mean, we go, and also I do an enormous amount of work, <laughs> which I've developed, uh, called swinging.
0: Tell us about it. What's, what's that mean? I swing.
2: We swing. I used to do it. I do it in Spain, too. I do it in Toronto. People are swinging all the time, right? Swinging? Swinging. Okay. Uh, if everything is revealed in movement, right, we can move to reveal an internal life. All right. So if there is an action and a release in everything we do, um, <laughs> you should have me out again and I'll just swing for you, right? But the fact is that, that swinging frees our joy right? So I have always, I will never, ever go into a rehearsal. I've had general managers come down and say, this is an equity house. This is an Yatsi house. Do you know how much we're paying these people? And I say, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm swinging with them for half an hour, or 45 minutes before we start, right? Makes a huge difference because it opens them up to themselves. (laughs) So I create swings that open up the emotion, that open up the sensual life, you know, that, and I, and I'm so lucky because I get to swing sort of every day, Right, And swinging is freeing, and it also helps us meet resistance. And sometimes when we go to that resistance, we start laughing hysterically, or I've had people start crying. I mean, we meet things. So swinging allows us to occupy space rather than space occupying us. It allows us to live outside of our pockets. It opens up all the possibilities, because I do believe that acting in life, life, acting, right, is... It's a series of energies. It's a series of vibrations. We are constantly in movement. Mm. We're always in movement. And when we create something, one energy meets another energy and we oh, and we experience that, right? So by swinging, we are opening up the possibilities like we swing, 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 right? So that comes from you know, I've developed that. I've developed swings, crazy swings, pizza swings, you know, all kinds of crazy swings, right? But people, like last night, I did a workshop. I did a workshop or two days ago for the, you know, I said, well, what has swinging done for you, right? They said, I feel alive. I feel free. Somebody else said, my inner life feels in touch with my outer life, right? So there are people who, once they start swinging, they can't stop swinging, Right? So that's what we do in the studio. They come in and we swing and that frees it, right? And now we can swing in order to create different parts of ourselves. So we swing in depth. We swing in depth and we create the, the strong weight in ourselves. You know, we swing in width, which is emotion is wide, you know, ah, right? And, uh, we create that, we, 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 we create that feeling. So that's what it is. And it's, Interesting, if I may go on. Um, of course, that is the yatz yeah. work. How is the work developed? I'm I'm at the point. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you should. <laughs> okay. I want to become a I'll swinger. I see you and you can get there's all these swings that I did. Uh, you know, like you know, you know, you uh, know, swing swinging in sensation, swinging in fluidity, swinging for the hell of it, swinging with Carl Jung, You know, swing, swing, swing. Okay, but so. Um, just over about three or three years ago, just, just, well, two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer, right? And uh, my, uh, you know, score and uh, I mean, I was a higher count than anyone ever imagined and I was healthy and I didn't, and I, and actually this, ha- the, to tell you what happened is I went to a doctor, went to my doctor, I was up in Canada and my doctor and I was fine. And I walked mm. down the, uh, and I left and I just had this, you know, you listen to your body. We Listen to her, but body will tell us everything, right? And somehow I was rested and I said, went back and said, I want to be, te- I, I, I want to take mm. a, uh, a prostate uh, uh, t- test. I want to, you know, I want some blood work, right? And I don't know why, but he called me, and then he called me back the next day and said, Your count is like out of, you know, and then I met somebody who said, You've got three years to live. And I was, you know, and it's Oof. gone to the bone for sure, it hadn't, right? Wow. So anyway, um, Somehow the yacht community came together, Jeez. started teaching, took it on. And I went back and I went into a series of very extreme radiation. Right. And so I would go into this, a machine called Atlantis. My radio, they, all, they were all named in the hospital. This is called Atlantis, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, Atlantis, right? Because I've spent a lot of time in Santorini, which is where they think that Atlantis was, the island of Thera, right? So I'm back, I'm back in Santorini, right? So I go I go into Atlantis and it's terrifying, right? It's terrifying because you go in, you go, you're pulling your pants, you do all that kind of stuff and you go, right, right, go into this machine. Everyone leaves and they're all out there in the thing, and you know, and you, and this thing starts it's rotating and there's lights going round and round and right and then on the second third day i thought i'm not going to be terrified of this and it was like a meditation mm. and the light started going round and round and i came out of that after a couple of months and i thought what i'm going to do is i'm going to just swing and so I went online. I was still in Canada to a place there and a place here. And uh, I said, I'm just going to swing. Anyone wants to join me online? Anyone wants it doesn't cost anything. For 45 minutes, every second day, we're going to swing. And we swung. And suddenly there were people from all over the world swinging with me, right? And suddenly mm-hmm. I'd done 40 of these swing sessions, right? And it, I really feel it helped heal me. But also mm. I discovered a new way of working, of working yeah. from... Everything is in the body. And so I discovered the idea of working with what's, what I'm calling spheres. That we all, and the energy that exists between the spheres in ourselves, right? Like, So I talk about the sphere that goes through the center of our body as being the disk sphere, where everything on top equals everything below, as if we're standing in... The air and the water, and it's beautiful, and that's where we we are. That's where you stand in Cairo, in your beach, right? (laughs) (laughs) In the water, right? And that's right. And above that is the heart sphere, and some people live that, right? And above that, up in the throat, is, and and we swing in these spheres, is the willingness sphere, the willingness for, for our mouths to be open, for our ideas to come into us. And above that is the sky sphere, right? Some people love to live there. So there's the sky sphere, the willingness sphere, the heart sphere, the disc sphere. And then there is the carriage sphere, which is the sphere that travels us through our legs, right? And some people love living there. The brain can go there. It's great if they want to. And then below, there is the sphere of the water that's running across our ankles, which is the acceptance sphere. And below that is the earth sphere. Now, there are characters within the earth sphere that we don't stand on the earth. I mean, that's terrible. People think they have to stand on the earth to defy gravity. You know, the earth will support us, that earth that comes from us, right? So what does this have to do with character? It's really rather beautiful for people to be able to go to these different points in their bodies to experience Where a person, you know, what is it like if you are talking to me from the carriage, if you're viewing me and experiencing me, Adam, from the carriage, Mm. and I'm experiencing you from the sky? It's very different. Those Mm. are the known. And then I go to the unknown, which is great. If we can live within within the unknown, then we are happy within the known. So above the sky, I call that the stratosphere, and below the earth, I call that the subterranean. Now, that may all sound very crazy, but it's extremely practical. It takes us to different sensations so that our the initial movement of our experience with the world, like with the voice, voice is movement, right? Or how we receive it. If we receive that from these different places, because we get stuck in what is familiar with us. You know, some of us stay in the heart forever, and we carry so much. But it can be helped by all these different parts of our body. Now I think you may think I've gone over the top.
1: No, not at all. No, that you're speaking <laughs> you're preaching to the choir.
0: That's that's I think you're right in this in the same wheelhouse, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I really love this uh, um what you're talking about being able to navigate through the unknown. Um, and I, that that leads me into the question that I was going to ask you about mm. what What do you consider to be spirituality? What's your definition of spirituality? Because a lot of my work is, is focused on doing something greater for you, greater than yourself, going in, letting the unknown be the audience.
2: Well, I think that um, spirituality has always been a a quest. I mean, I almost became a Unitarian minister. I was offered a church and everything and, they mm. lived, and I a director director and I said absolutely I wanted to be a director, but you know. um, and so and I you know and I live close to Berkeley where everyone is so spiritual, and you can hide behind being so spiritual. I am so spiritual. <laughs> I just, I'm so full of love, right? <laughs> Sorry, Berkeley. <laughs> 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 so, what is it? It, it in terms of the unknown? Well, I think everything is within us.
0: Hmm.
2: I think that that everybody is inside of us. We are together in this. Mm. I don't believe that spirituality is going to a leader or a church or necessarily an organization of tribes. Amen. But there is an inner vibration and an inner voice <laughs> that that can inform us and guide us if we're willing to listen to it. Are we really willing to hear or do we to pretend to hear? Are we willing to see or do we pretend to see?
1: Mm.
2: And there are times, and usually in times of accidents, and I love accidents, Mm. sometimes in times of chaos, and I love chaos. Because below the chaos, there's something calm and peaceful and true. Below the accident, there is something alive. Mm-hmm. and that's where i think the spirit lives the spirituality lives you know what is it you know i was i was fortunate to have been brought up by a crazy old blind man sleeping in that same bed you know that old you know in this crazy little old house right mm-hmm. where he didn't teach you know the first things that he ever taught me were like you know infinity goes on forever you know that Tom it goes on forever right or there's no such thing as you know there's no concrete block at the end of the universe that's what they used to tell me you know you know with that kind of thing you either grow up and take an axe and run over to your farmer's farm and start chopping away or you become an artist Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and that's, you know, so mm. that is it, that, mm. that voice inside. So, you know, I do believe it's time that we cannot paint it on people. Mm. We cannot paint it on an audience. We cannot paint it on actors. We cannot paint it on ourselves. We cannot wear it as a badge. Mm. Badges, colors, flags, Stanislavski, whatever it is, whatever it is, we let go. Let go, let go, let go. And we allow ourselves to live within that mystery and to listen and to have the guts to actually be informed before we inform. So that's where I consider, that's what I consider spirituality.
1: I, I love that. That's beautiful, and it's spilling into my my next question, which I find to be very important. I would really love for you to share with our audience um, the indigenous knowledges in your practice as a First Nations person. What what from your from your life as uh, in your community uh, is being used and and celebrated in your practice?
2: Well. In order to 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 form an answer to that, I have to say that um, I was actually really abandoned by my indigenous family. Uh, My grandfather, uh, my, not the grandfather I lived with, but the other the other was a politician who was married to a woman who was Dene, and they pretended that she wasn't. And I was never really informed. I never knew. I never knew. So mm. I discovered this later. Mm. And um, I think it's very fashionable now for people to call themselves indigenous. I mean, mm. but you have to live it. I did not mm. live it. But, uh, but I felt it. I felt it very strongly, and um, I worked with a wonderful woman who mentor called Maria Campbell, who wrote Halfbreed, and is the is the Métis leader in um, Canada. And um, it's so funny because you know I didn't rec- I didn't identify as Métis at all. And I saw her a few years ago and she said, Yes, Tom, of course you're Metis. Yeah, we all knew that. We all knew that. Right? I think it's because I would go out to, <laughs> I would go out to what's called the Crossing, which is an incredible place in, uh, in Canada. And I would take playwrights and go there. And we were, I mean, I know, and, 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 and the Eagles, and you know, when we would take our time and we would do the sweat lodge and we would do things like not as a tourist does. You know, mm, mm. but, and it was scary too. It was scary because there was this real sense at that time in the late 90s, the beginning of the 2000s, you know, where there was so much pain and there was so much violence and there was so much alcoholism and there was so much prejudice. And there mm-hmm. still is. Canada is still a very racist country.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It just puts it all in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and um I learned... To, I mean, the simple things of, of you know of of smudging and but that's not what was important. I mean, it was going out and experiencing people who'd been through this and feeling at one with them. Um, working on and sending plays into indigenous communities in northern Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh so the practice is that. We are all part of something that nature is alive, that a rock is alive and a rock is a rock moves. Mm. Everything is movement. Mm. Everything is movement and all that movement brings us together. If we allow ourselves to move, you know, going and hearing, you know, in the powwows and, you know, the celebration, the voice that happens, the collective voices are just like, you know, how beautiful. How wonderful is that? That comes from, you know, it reminds me when I went to live with uh, monks in Mount Athos. You know, that incredible um, voices of the past and believing in the past and the respect for the elders. And of course, there's all the abuse that is existing within that. But just being able to kind of slow down and not take, life so bloody seriously as a privileged white male Mm. (laughs) and be surprised at the power of an eagle, in fact, well, you know, the Canada Council gives. Money, uh, actually wrote a letter to the chairman of my board once saying, I think your artistic director is out there watching too many eagles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was very odd. <laughs> too many eagles, too many eagles. It was very interesting, you know, when I, when, when I took plays to uh, to Spain from Canada, they all have animals in them, right? <laughs> animals, birds, buffaloes, you know, there's all that kind of stuff, and distance. And they say, how come you've got so many animals and birds in your mm. plays? Because there were none in the plays that came from uh, from Spain to to Canada it's because nature is so important mm. you know you see a wolf a fox you hit and you know you know it is that is part of who we are we are part of the landscape we are part of nature we are part of the trees it's as simple as that you know and as a, as a you know being an ambitious white person, As I have been, you know, been lucky. Mm. um, We forget that. So I think the main thing is having respect for history, for the earth, earth, water, air, fire, which is what I bent, you know, I did burning vision on earth, air, water, fire, that that's part of us. Mm. Not to be afraid of saying that. Um, And being open. To ancestry. I think that's the main thing. You know, I was brought up, as I say, alone. I was also a single parent, alone. Family. What is family?
1: Mm. Wow. I think
2: so. I think that I have a lot to learn. Yeah, I, well, I no, I,
1: that, I, I, Please continue that thought because I'm I wanted to move yeah. into provocations, but I want you to finish that thought about you have a lot to learn because that moves so beautifully into our provocation section.
2: Well, I think that if I'm going to teach right, and I expect that the artists and who are, we're sharing this with are saying we have a lot to learn. You know, it's great. It's wonderful to enter the unknown. Then I also have to enter the unknown. I have to enter the unknown with them. And anyway, why wouldn't I have a lot to learn? I mean, I am hmm. a man who has constantly been from one place to another place to another place, you know, I've changed my name a couple of times, all that kind of stuff. Pfft, countries, did you do relationships, God, you know. Well, um... Right now, it's like I do feel I've just gotten out of bed and here is the earth and here is the world and it's in rough shape. But when something's in rough shape, there's also a place to go to because we have to bring the beauty.
1: Hmm. And I don't
2: know how to do that. I want to meet people like (laughs) yourselves. I want to meet people who can provocate me <laughs> who can knock me off center you know I like to say with actors that so often I have this impulse I want to just go and push somebody but, you know and when we go to the swing you know if you go to a swing this is what I say too like you know you swing your parents or somebody is swing you and you go to that place where you are swinging so high you don't know whether you're going to go back you're going to go forward that chaos that beautiful beautiful ah, chaos that's where I want to live Booty. That's where I want to live, Adam. I want to live in that chaos. I want to know, not know. And I want to trust that it's yeah, possible. To amen. Live yes. And that's where I want to yes. create art.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I, well that that's a beautiful segue into our provocations i think we should take a break because we haven't heard jack's beautiful music and i am just i'm hooked i'm hooked yeah. on his music he's an amazing composer you're gonna love his music tom he's amazing he's amazing <laughs> um so let's take a break and then come back with some provocations how's that sound that sounds great all right take it away jack We're back. Thank you, Jack. That was beautiful. That was such beautiful music, Jack. So now we're at Provocations. So, Tom, what we do is we ask our listeners Mm -hmm. um, to do something now. So now that we've actually been talking about uh, what needs to get done, how we do it, where we got it from, it's their turn to respond to what we're talking about. So do you have any provocations you'd like to give our listeners, Tom? It's
2: a wonderful word, provocations. Provocations.
1: Mm.
2: Questions. Unanswerable questions that I think about every day. If we were at a time in history... And the artist is incredibly important. And it's very important that we do not close off. How, in a time when it is so horrific, uh, when there's such a kind of danger, do we not close off? And, uh, I mean, it's easy to say we mustn't close off, but what is it internally that will actually give us the nerve and the freedom to open rather than close? What is it that will allow us not to be defensive, not to prove that, that, that it's okay, that we're going to be okay, that we're going to fight to be okay, but where can we go within ourselves for a new understanding. I think that's the number one pro- pro- provocation. I've got a, several going on in my head, but that's one thing. How can we open up in a time when everything is saying, close down?
1: I love that. Can you can you add those other provocations that are spinning around? Because I think they're connected to that as well.
2: <laughs> in isolation. Um. How is it that, how how can we, okay, how can we ensure that we don't go back, this is very simple, how can we ensure that we don't go back to the same old way of producing art? And how can we ensure that it is not precious? How can we, what can we do uh, to let go even of what the preconceived ideas were before COVID of what art should be? Because, you know, how can we get let go of words like uh, arc and presentation and selling and uh, even of reality, right? What is truth? Truth is not necessarily reality. How can we let go of that? How can we let go of having, um, you know, several acts and turning the lights off? Um, Can we start again? From a from from having learned something, and can we let go of the rules and even the reaction to the rules? Because that's something else. It's a new step to go beyond the reaction because we can all be reactionary. We can always say, This is shit. You know, how many times you go to a bar, whatever, needs to run with the actors and people and say, Well, the directors say, Well, this is shit, this is shit, this is bad, right? Uh mm. how do we go beyond that? That is a provocation.
1: Yes, that is a provocation. (laughs) Yes. All right. Good. All right. Yeah. Can you please add on to what you were about to say? Is it possible? You said, is it possible to do what? Is it possible?
2: Is it possible to actually
1: see and experience
2: through another person's eyes without judgment? Without laying layering in? Is it that is a provocation. That is a provocation. Okay? Um, is it possible for that split second when we open our eyes not to see but to be seen, not to make the adaptation that our personality wants to make, to make sure that things are okay, that little periscope that comes out of ourselves that says, how's the world out there? I'm going to be okay, right? Is it possible to actually, like a child, a baby is born. I don't think a baby is born, I mean, we're talking about seeing, but a baby is born with extraordinary openness, with extraordinary yielding. The baby, you talk about a baby, you know, crying first. A baby can't cry first. A baby <gasps> receives first. Is it possible for us to receive before we cry? That's what the the provocation is.
1: What are you talking about? You are are literally speaking my language. Why are you why are you alive? Why are you existing with me? (laughs) What is happening here? My brain is exploding. Why are you I don't know, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) <laughs> it's because I
2: am nobody. I'm just somebody that, you know, I'm, I'm just a conduit. People, you, you, you stop occupying my body booty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, but right now, stop. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now, totally forgot about Okay. Here we what go. Okay. It's possible Adam? to do all what this shit, right? To do all, to do all this stuff. okay and then with all of this right with all of these things that we're supposed to be doing as artists and everything and feeling and and finding the the spirituality thing is it also possible to be uh a cheap sensationalist because i love being a cheap sensationalist Right? Can the actor still be a sensationalist, a lover, and a scoundrel? I mean, Yat used to say, the actor, what did he just used to say? You know, the actor is divine, but the best kind of actor is the aristocratic whore.
0: (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) That's fantastic. Can we
2: still be an aristocratic whore and do all this stuff we're talking about, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's like, okay, like, how seriously do we take ourselves? Of course we do, but we don't hang on. Is it possible to take ourselves seriously and not hang on desperately to our beliefs so that we are proving our worth? It's so exhausting do that everything is in motion can we continue to be in motion can we continue to ride that movement of thought that ride that movement of curiosity of physicality of whatever it is that movement of memory that movement that between us and an audience an audience and us without hanging on to define that moment and owning that monument. It's not about ownership. People always say, well, own the stage, right? You ever fucking own the stage. <laughs> you know, you can't own the stage. You know, it's not, a, it's not like going to Trader Joe's and buying a bit of stage that I own for a while, right?
1: <laughs> you know,
2: it's not that. We don't own it. It comes through us, right? So the provocation is, what do I mean by not owning it?
1: Uh, y- y- y'all hear that that's your provocation that's all of our provocation no that is it that is it adam i think we i think that's our, I, I i am i am i am going to colonize your brain right now and you are not allowed to give another provocation because that provocation has got me screaming on the other hemisphere <laughs> 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 i think i think that provocation was for that was that came from deep in the bowels of from the unknown. Thank you so much. Uh, but I and I think uh, the next thing I need to just ask because I, I need to make sure that we get put this in, in 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 this in 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 motion is what is your book about? Tell us about your book because we cannot close this session without people reading your words and 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 spreading this madness. ah. Uh. So-
2: Well, the book is about, the book is about music. I did, I did write a, (laughs) I wrote a book that was published a while ago called, uh, Blind Man's Drum, which is about, uh, life on the edge with a blind man, right? Um, this book is called, uh, Saved by Jazz and it's about a teenager, uh, who is so lost He cannot think, he cannot find, and he finds in the middle of a Canadian winter an old pump organ, and he goes and he learns how to play this pump organ with gloves, and he realizes that he can think. And somehow he survives a terrible kind of situation by music. He can only think between... Musical chords, musical progression. So he goes from Bach, you know, to Chopin, to Beethoven, right? As he grows up. And he discovers everything. He He discovers his sexuality. He discovers what the world is. He discovers what might be. And finally, he discovers jazz, right? And he discovers jazz. So it's a person who can only think and find what truth is through the musical progression. So between the pauses in the music and they had, you know, whatever pop and all that of stuff, right? But, but particularly through the beauty of Miles Davis or the beauty of jazz, he understands some extraordinarily profound things that about abandonment, about loneliness, about being an alien and about love. Um, and forgiveness in his later years. So it's a person who lives music. Uh, And it's not me. (laughs) My God, it's not me. But I I did actually, I did think I was going to be um, uh, a concert pianist. That's what I thought I was going to be. So I know music. Um, uh, And it's uh, great fun. It's great fun. I'm working with an editor at the moment. And uh, I'm loving it. Um, I, uh, I'm i also writing a uh, very... Okay, listen, you will. You will read it. But great. I'll send it to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're all still here. We're all still here. We're all still here. <laughs>
1: all still here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Tom, the people that respond to your provocation, will you come back and answer uh, any questions that they have for you? I would love to. I would just love to do that. I'd love to get to know about what. I'd love to get to know more
2: about you guys too. You're so interesting. I think it's so incredible what you're doing, (laughs) and reaching out in the world this way. Fantastic. I love it. I can feel it. Uh, (laughs) Those arms. That energy. Beautiful. So it's so great. That's so
1: good, Tom. Thank you so much, Adam. Will you please let us know uh, what what they can do? Let them know what they can do. What do we? What happens if they actually want us to like respond to this stuff?
0: Well, but before, before they respond to this stuff, they need to know how they can, uh, get in touch with Tom. I mean, like Tom, where can they find you? Where, where can they find information about you about, uh, the, the Yacht Fisher Center? um, anything. Tell us, tell us what's going on in your world.
2: All right. But going, what's going on in the world right now is we are just finished our, uh, as I say, we've got like, five, I've got five, five teachers. We've all come to the outwork in different ways. We're all developing it. Um, and we're working from, you know, I mean, I, I'm teaching people who, you know, who are already teaching in Yale and doing all that kind of stuff and teaching people who are just beginning. And um, um so we're going into our spring term, um, the third week of. April, and you can find out about what we're doing by going to our website, which is Yat Bentley, and it's the hybrid between Tom Bentley Fisher and Yat Momgren, who, and Yat Momgren is the genius, so YatBentley.com. And then if you want to find out the dirt about me and why I don't believe in straight lines, you can go <laughs> to my website, which is Tom Bentley Fisher. T-U-M-B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-F-I-S-H-E-R dot com. Or you can always send me a line at Tom at Yat Bentley.
0: Got that? Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. All of this, we'll put all of this in the show notes. These will all be linked yeah. These will all be there for, for our listeners to look at. And, you know, uh, there's still time to join the spring session and uh, oh, you should check out their work when, if you can't make it this time, go and look at it. They've got some, there's some great videos. There's some really interesting uh, information there to, to find out more and, um, and learn how to, how you can, how you can get in touch with Tom. I mean, you want to hear more, you want to, you want to have Tom back on the, on the podcast. Send us in these provocations, these questions back. We'll get him back on and get everybody working with everybody.
2: I'd love to. I, yeah, I'd love to come back on. I really love, love love, you guys. And also the funny thing is about the, Yat yeah, Bentley Center. Um, the right people seem to find us, right? Yeah. We're not trying to sell it. The right people seem to find us. It's not for everyone, but the right people seem to become,
0: come. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Adam, how can they
0: they get a hold of us? They can go to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Again, speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Theater with with an R-E, theater of others, all one word. You can leave a 90-second voice message there uh, to send a message back to Tom, to send questions or provocations back to us. We love, love, love hearing from you all. If you're not uh, wanting your voice on the podcast, you want to send us an email to podcast at others. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and you can get us on our website all the same. Um, Booty would be telling you that we are on the gram. Uh, he would also be telling you that you need to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And it's always very, very helpful for us if you leave us five stars and a review on whatever store, wherever country you are at. Um, Tom, thank you very much for coming on, uh, being with us today in all of our internet and technological troubles. Um, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you, um, getting to know all about you <laughs> and, and hearing your artistry more than anything else. Just your beautiful artistry is, is phenomenal to, to experience that. Um, booty. <laughs> I know you can hear me. Although you can't speak anymore, uh, give my love to your husband and your puppy, and I will absolutely give my love to my wife and my puppy as well. And uh, we give all of our. Love I give my to love you to everyone. Thank you
1: so much, Tom. <laughs> I give my love to, to all of you, all of you. Yeah. I love you all. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and for the rest of you, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.
0: <laughs> thanks for joining us this week on the theater brothers podcast make sure to visit our website theaterbrothers.org where you can subscribe to the show in itunes stitcher or via rss so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too a special thank you to purple planet for the music you've heard The Theatre of Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and time. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question, to join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task and requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Be sure to tune in next week for our next journey.